Matthew chapter 6 and we'll be reading verses 1 to 6 and then verses 16 to 18. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And we'll go to verse 16 now. When you fast, do not look sombre, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Good morning. Um, For our visitors here this morning, those here for the first time, my name is Nick. Um, It's my joy to be the pastor here at Yass Community Baptist Church. Um, And so welcome uh, from me this morning. Um, So this morning, uh, we're going to continue our series uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, um, this is the third part. We're going to finish the first half of this series next week as we kind of focus towards the end of the year and into next year uh, as a church. And then we'll pick up the Sermon on the Mount again uh, next year um, in February. Um, so I encourage you to pray with me as we uh, turn our hearts towards God's Word this morning, um, that the Spirit would be in it, making us alive uh, through it. Um, so pray with me. So Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the privilege it is to, uh, to know uh, You and to understand You through Your Word. But we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would also be present with us, that we would uh, have enhanced understanding, enlightened understanding, not just in intellectual knowledge this morning, but but that your Spirit would make these words that he inspired real and true in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, So this morning I want to begin uh, by asking you what might be a a confronting question, uh, and that is, are you a hypocrite? Are you a hypocrite? I remember seeing a church sign that said, um, on the internet, I didn't see the actual sign, uh, that said, um, the church is full of hypocrites, we've got room for plenty more, come on in. Um, the, The thing is, we have a tendency, not just Christians, but as humans, we have a tendency to be hypocrites. I am, I confess to you this morning, I am a hypocrite. 
And I want to suggest to you that the chances are you probably are as well. Uh, Now, a hypocrite, this word originally comes from uh, a Greek actor in the ancient Greek theatre that would wear lots of different masks. And so one person would play lots of different characters in the one play and so they would wear lots of different masks uh, to portray these different characters so you knew who they were being in that moment. And so so this word hypocrite then became to be used for those who put on a mask to to pretend to be something other than they are. Now, I don't think many of us, and I don't think any of us knowing most of the people here this morning, uh, are the kind of hypocrite that, that says they believe something, that says that, you know, you should never do such and such, but then openly goes and does it. We're not talking about that kind of hypocrite this morning. We're talking about the kind of hypocrite that presents to the world a better or more righteous version of themselves than who they really are in secret. See, this morning we're talking about being a hypocrite about what we do outwardly and what we do secretly or privately. And so if, if what we show to others is better or more righteous or, or, or more clean or more healthy or more anything than who we are in secret, then at some level we're a hypocrite. We, we all have this tendency to perform our, our acts of righteousness, good stuff, where other people can see them, and our more sinful or less righteous stuff where other people can't see them. If you need a better way to think about it, just imagine that everything you did in private was now on display to everybody and everything you did publicly was a secret. Would you be comfortable with that? I'm not suggesting that's what we should do, but, but if there's a sense of there's things in your secret life that, that I don't just mean like, you know, uh, for you and your, your spouse or things like that, I mean in terms of your behavior or attitude, if there's things in your secret life that you wouldn't want the people who see your public life to see, then on some level we're a hypocrite. And so it's this kind of hypocrisy that Jesus deals with in our passage today. He confronts it and rebukes it. And so the underlying question that we're exploring today is, does our secret life match what we present to others outwardly? Does your secret private life, when you're in your safe place, in your own house, in your own room, where no one else can see you, does that match? Is that uh, a true expression of who you show yourself to be to others? Are you a hypocrite? And so Jesus begins uh, this part of his Sermon on the Mount by, by talking about acts of righteousness, acts of righteousness or doing righteousness. In, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. That's the latest NIV translation. The, the earlier translations that a lot of us uh, would have says, Be careful not to practice your acts of of righteousness, acts of righteousness in front of others. And so these, what Jesus is talking about here is acts of piety uh, in, in 1949 when that, uh, that How Great Thou Art was written, they might have called it piety, your, your pious deeds. We might call them spiritual disciplines. It's, it's kind of the things that you do that are a part of your faith. They're not kind of earning salvation, but, but they're, they're things that you do, your acts of righteousness, your pious acts, your spiritual disciplines, your prayer, your fasting, your giving to the needy. We, we might add other things to that. And, and so in Jesus' day in Israel, in, in uh, the Jewish 
faith, there were three core pillars of what it meant to be faithful to God. They were giving to the needy, prayer and fasting. Giving to the needy, prayer and fasting. And so, in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 11, it says, There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards your sisters, to the poor and needy in your land. And so, it's part of Jewish faith, not just a charity, it was part of being a faithful Jew that you took responsibility for those who are poor and needy in your sphere of influence, those you walk past and take care of them. It wasn't just seen as charity, it was, it was part of core to being a faithful follower of God. Prayer was central, not just to modern day Christianity as it should be at least, but, but prayer is central to what it means to have faith. And, and so you would have noticed that uh, Kitch skipped over the Lord's Prayer this morning in our reading and uh, that's not because we don't want to uh, learn from Jesus about how to pray, uh, but uh, for those that have been uh, with us for a while, we'll remember that we did a whole series this year on that prayer. Um, so if you're interested in, in, in that part of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, you can look up on our website and there's a series called Relearning How to Pray um, and you can find that there. But in that series, we talked about to be Christian is to pray just as to be human is to breathe. Uh, and the same was true of Jewish faith. To be a faithful Jew was to pray, just as breathing is part of what it means to be human. And, and then, so the third pillar, so we've got giving to the needy, we've got prayer, and fasting was the third pillar of, of faithful Jewish life. And so the law only kind of mandated one uh, particular day a year of of communal fasting, but in Jesus' day, uh, faithful Jews would fast on two days a week. Um, and, and they were purported to be the days that Moses went up to the mountain and, and came down, and so there was kind of some religious significance to them. But you were considered faithful if you fasted two days a week. Uh, and so if we read through the Gospels, we see Jesus' disciples criticized for not fasting. And so Jesus' response was, well, the bridegroom is with them, I am with them now, now's the time of celebration, not fasting, but I'll be taken from them, the season of fasting will come, then they will fast. And so, in faithful Jewish life, a faithful Jew would give to the needy, they would pray and they would fast. And so, when Jesus teaches about this in this Sermon on the Mount, He doesn't say, if you give to the needy, if you pray, if you fast, He says, when, when you pray. When you give to the needy, when you fast, not if. And so Jesus assumed and affirmed that these practices were part of what it meant to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Not that we understand these things from Jesus' teaching to be the means of salvation, but things that we who are saved by Jesus live out as faithful followers of Him. And so Jesus doesn't cast these things aside, just as He said in last week's message, He doesn't say, I've come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. He doesn't, <coughs> pardon me, He doesn't cast these things aside, but He refocuses them, He reorients them to their intended purpose. 
And so the key question that we've already asked is, does our secret life match what we present to others? The key question in terms of our acts of righteousness or our spiritual disciplines is, who do you hope is watching? Who do you hope sees you? Who do you hope notices when you give to the needy? Who do you hope notices you praying? Who do you hope sees you or is aware that you're fasting? That's the key question. Whose eyes is it for? That's the question underlying Jesus' teaching. And so Jesus talks about acts of righteousness and then he says that these acts of righteousness have become something that's been practiced to be seen by others, by those who are uh, the kind of key leaders in the Jewish religious community. And so in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And so the key here is that, that part of that sentence that says, to be seen by them. This is a question of motive. Jesus emphasizes the motive of the, the, the acts of righteousness. These practices that were intended to be about connection with God have become a a sign of spiritual status, have become corrupted in their motive. And so in Matthew chapter 6 verse 2, Jesus goes on to say, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full." Now, most commentators would say that there's no evidence that anyone actually announced their giving with trumpets, that that was a regular practice in the the Jewish community. Jesus is hyperbolizing, exaggerating the behavior that he has seen in in people, that they make a big show, they make sure when they put their money in the kind of beggar's bucket that it makes a loud clang and they look around to see who's watching. They make sure that they give in places where there's crowds and, and, and people will see and notice who it is that's doing the giving. They might bring some friends along and go, oh, I've just got to pop over to the donation bucket for the needy in the temple. Just spare a moment. Just wait there for me. I'm giving today. It's not that Jesus is literally saying that people say, boop, 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 and I'm giving, but they, but they might as well have trumpets with the way they do it. Uh, if you frequent a, a coffee shop um, named Trader & Co, you'll see there at the moment, and I encourage you to, to take up this opportunity, there's a, there's a cardboard box there that's collecting socks and jocks for uh, refugees held in detention. Um, and apparently they're the most, uh, some of the most requested items from people who are held in detention. And, and um, I know that I love a good pair of clean jocks and socks, and so I appreciate, I, I encourage you to, to take up that opportunity. But, but what Jesus is talking about, he's not talking about the offering at church. He's not talking about your worshipful giving, he's talking about supporting the needy. And so what Jesus is talking about would be like me going across the road to Target, buying a, you know, a big packet of socks and a big packet of jocks and walking in um, to, to Trader & Co and welcoming the staff there and saying, hello everybody, hello, and, and holding up my jocks and socks and, oh, hi, hi, I'm, I'm just putting some jocks and socks in the donation bucket for refugees. That's what Jesus is talking about, is making sure that people notice that you're doing a good thing. So he says, don't, 
do that. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he applies the same idea to our prayer. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, those who put on a mask, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And so in Jewish religious life, there would be uh, uh, a couple times of day, a day that were kind of the hours of prayer. And so we read in the Gospels that after Jesus' death and resurrection, that Peter and John are going up to the temple for the time of prayer. Um, and so at that time of prayer, you could pray wherever you were. You could be in your house and you could just pray at the time of prayer. But, but Jesus is saying that there's those who make sure they're on a busy street corner when the time of prayer comes. And like, oh, look at the time. It's time for me to pray. Or there's those that in the synagogues, which is a place of prayer and worship, Make sure that their prayers are noticed, that the, the eloquence perhaps or the devotion or the, the dedication or, or the false humility even of their prayers get noticed by others. Jesus says, don't let that be the motive of your prayer. And then he says about our fasting, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show other, to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And so fasting, there's lots of different times of fasting. You, there was fasting just from food for a period of time and you could drink water. Um, there was special kinds of fast we read about, which has become popular today, a, a Daniel fast, uh, where you fast from all meat and um, alcoholic beverages and a few other things and so you can eat as much as you want as long as it's vegetables um, and, and, um, and, and there's a short periods. sometimes people would do a total fast where they'd be, uh, the medical term, uh, Leslie would be nil by mouth, wouldn't it? Um, that, that, that there's nothing consumed at all, obviously that can only be sustained for a, a fairly short period of time unless there's supernatural intervention. Uh, and and, and the, the, the Old Testament words that are used for fasting literally mean self-denial or, or, or humbling. There's this sense of it's humbling. And so in ancient times, people, when they humbled themselves, uh, there's this phrase you might have heard on, heard, put on sackcloth and ashes. Um, and so you kind of throw off your nice comfy clothes and you put on clothes made out of sacks um, and, and you pour ashes on your head. And it was a sign of humility, of, of mourning. But what happens to that over time is it becomes a sign of look at me I'm fasting and so they put ash on their face and and disheveled you know they wouldn't do their hair that morning and they wear their ragged clothes because unless you are someone who eats regularly with a person you don't know they're fasting or not and what's the good of that who's gonna who's gonna notice how spiro you are <laughs> if no one sees you fasting so you got to do something to show the world so that when you, you do go down to the cafe, they don't just miss that you didn't have anything to eat with your coffee, that, that you're fasting. You've got to be disheveled and you've got to, oh, you've got to look kind of like, oh, I've got no energy because I'm fasting. And so Jesus is saying, don't fast like that. Don't give like that. Don't pray like that. Don't fast like that. There's two phrases Jesus uses, one in uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 1 and one each time he talks about this hypocritical kind of acts of righteousness. He says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1, if you do, if you do your acts of righteousness, your spiritual disciplines to be seen by others, you will have no reward from your Father 
in heaven. The reason being, what he, what he says after each time he talks about this hypocritical behavior, he says, because they have received their reward in full. If our acts of righteousness, if our spiritual disciplines are performed to be seen by others, then the human praise, the human adoration, the recognition, the acknowledgement of others will be the only reward we will receive. If our motivation is that others might think more highly of us because we give, because we pray, because we fast, because we read the Scriptures, because we do any kind of act of devotion towards God, if our motivation is that others might think more highly of us as a result, then Jesus is saying that human recognition is the fullness of the reward you'll receive for that. In other words, pious acts, religious acts, righteous acts performed with the wrong motive are of zero spiritual value. Let me say that again. Pious acts, righteous acts, religious acts performed with the wrong motives are of zero spiritual value. And just as last week as as Jesus took the law that that had become just all about external behaviour without heart transformation and brought it, not just heightening the expectation but bringing it as something that was an internal heart thing, Jesus takes these spiritual disciplines, these acts of righteousness and makes them an internal thing, a personal thing, a secret thing between us and God. Something of the heart, not something of outward behaviour. So Jesus rebukes this idea of righteousness practiced just to be seen by others and he makes it internal and he says for his followers, when they give to the needy, when they pray, when, when they fast, they should practice these kinds of righteous acts, these spiritual disciplines in secret. This is the way of spiritual discipline for Jesus' followers, secrecy. And so in in Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and the first part of 4, he says, but when you give, so don't blow trumpets, don't make uh, a a big show of it, don't wave your socks and jocks around before you put them in the box at Trader & Co. He says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Now, this is obviously... An exaggeration, it's obviously a, a, a hyperbole from Jesus because unless you've got a, in medical terms, a severed corpus callosum, that's the bit that connects the two halves of your brain together, fun fact for you this morning, unless that's severed within you, there is no way of fooling your right hand and left hand and them not knowing what each other is doing. It's kind of like Jesus saying, do everything you can to shut yourself off from receiving any kind of human acknowledgement for your giving. It's kind of like walk backwards up to the box. People would probably kind of notice this, but you get the point. And just kind of while you're there, carefully keep your left hand out here so it doesn't know what you're doing and drop them in the box and walk away. The point is, Jesus is saying, do your giving in secret. Jesus says the same thing about prayer. He says, but when you pray, you being Jesus' disciples, his followers... As we, as we kind of learn in the first one of these series, that Jesus is talking in front of a whole crowd of people, but specifically focused on teaching His followers. He says, when you, my disciples, pray, 
Go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Go away from people when you pray. And he says the same kind of thing about fasting, but when you fast, put, on, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will be not obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And this oil on the head and washing your face, these aren't religious practices, this is kind of putting up, doing your hair and makeup for the day, getting ready to go out and socialise, moisturising, showering, we, we can put those things in it uh, there as well. Put on nice clothes so that when people see you down the street, they don't go, that person's fasting. Well, there's something wrong with them. Let your hunger be on the inside, not showing, pardon me, not showing up on the outside, Jesus says. But I want to say that righteousness practiced in secret, this instruction from Jesus, isn't a prohibition against public giving, against public praying, or against fasting collectively in a community when other people know that that's what you're doing. We know that because Jesus himself prayed publicly. Jesus prayed out loud in front of people. And one of those occasions, he prayed out loud to the Father and he says, I've said this out loud, I've said this, but said it out loud, for your benefit. He actually prayed out loud so that others would hear them. Jesus' disciples also prayed publicly. Uh, Giving is necessarily, um, in most cases, in public. And especially in that, in that day, that the, the, the beggars would literally go out onto the street or sit around the temple and they would sit there with their cups. So it was very hard to perform an online transaction secretly so that the money showed up in their account. It was necessarily something that happened in public in most circumstances. And, and fasting in a communal sense was something that was commonly practiced then and, and still today. It's motive that counts, but we know this primarily because of this verse that we picked up in the first week of this series. Jesus says, uh, a light shouldn't be hidden under a bowl, it's placed on a stand for the whole uh, room to be lit up and he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so in chapter 5, Jesus is talking about people seeing your good deeds. And in chapter 6, he's saying, don't let people see your good deeds. The, the crux of the matter is, why are you doing it? Is it to be seen by others? Or is it to be seen by the Father? Is it to be seen by others that they might praise you? Or is others seeing it just a consequence of you doing that thing and so that they praise Jesus, that they praise their fa- your Father in heaven? I read a line in uh, um, one of the commentaries that I read in preparation and it says, um, if we're tempted to put it on display for the praise of others, hide it away. If we're tempted to hide it away, then let it shine. And in fact, you know, as a bit of an idea to think about it, that, that, that this sense of Every, uh, this human sense that we have of wanting praise and ad- adoration from others, that if we're tempted to seek that, then, then take that into the private place. 
But if it's something that we're tempted to, you know, hide away because, you know, we don't want people to see our faith in Jesus or, or we don't want people to know that we're a believer or, or we don't want to look weird um, for, for doing a Christian thing, then, then that's something to let shine, that others might see that and go, praise God, or maybe there's something to this God. So Jesus is, is uh, practicing hyperbole here in, in this area of secret, secrecy, just as we can't, let one, we can't keep one hand secret from the other, just as we, uh, are, it's okay that he prayed in public, just as fasting can be a communal thing. He's, he's, he's speaking, he's exaggerating about the secrecy to highlight discipline and self-denial. He's saying, do everything you can to avoid human praise for your acts of righteousness. Do everything that you can to avoid human praise for the things that you do as devotion to God. Jesus says that if we're to follow Him, we're to take up our cross daily to deny Ourself, and so doing these spiritual disciplines in secret is is an enacting of self denial. Because the thing is, if you pray in secret and no one else sees you, you will get no human praise. If you fast in secret and no one else knows about that, you will get no human praise. If you give in such a way that no one notices to the point where they uh, kind of acknowledge what you're doing, then you will get no human praise. And so what Jesus is advocating, what he's teaching here, is that we practice these spiritual disciplines in such a way that we will get no human praise. Now, for some of us, that's, that's a hard thing to reconcile. Obviously, like in... in uh, theological, intellectual terms, yes, of course, all glory unto God, but, but the concept of doing something faithfully in such a way that you intentionally avoid anyone else seeing it, cutting yourself off from human praise, is at least subconsciously a large demotivator for many people. It's an act of choosing to avoid human praise. And so it doesn't mean, as I said, that we can't play in public, but, but I like to think of it um, as an iceberg. The, the, the cliche metaphor of things that are unseen and things that are seen. And so uh, most of us would know that um, as big as what can be above the water with an iceberg, as big as what you may see above the surface may get, um, as big as mountains at times... The, the mass of what sits below the surface is substantially larger. And so we can think about our, our secret acts of righteousness and our visible acts of righteousness like this. That the weight of our time spent secretly in prayer when nobody notices, the weight of our secret giving when nobody notices, the weight of our private fasting and, and other spiritual disciplines that nobody ever knows about should substantially outweigh the weight of that which people see. Not that any of it should ever be for the purpose of being seen by others, but one surefire way, one good way of, of ensuring that when you do pray publicly, it's not about people seeing how awesome you are at praying, 
is to make sure that there's so much more weight in your private prayer life than your public prayer life. One way to not get carried away with the adoration of people going, oh, you're such a generous giver, when they see you give, is to make sure there's so much more generosity happening in your life that nobody knows anything about and that you avoid the temptation to tell people about it. A surefire way of, 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 of making sure that when you do fast collectively or uh, for a necessity that you have to tell someone that you're fasting because, uh, no, sorry, I'm not going to accept that food today, I'm, I'm actually fasting. Uh, a good way of making sure that that isn't about human praise is making sure there's a whole bunch of fasting, of self-denial, of hum- humility happening in your life that no one will ever know about. Another way of thinking about it is, is a tree that, that what you see above surface is sustained by something far more substantial below the surface for many trees. Oh, oh, our word for this year has been overflow, thinking about the overflow of God and an overflow only happens, that spilling over that people see only happens if there's a, already a fullness of what happens in secret. And, and so if the cup is, is filled where people can't see, then, then what spills over is just part of that. But it comes from that deep well of secret devotion to God. Jesus says that though others may not see, and in fact that we should practice our acts of righteousness, our piety, our spiritual disciplines in ways that avoids others seeing, Jesus assures us that the Father sees what is done in secret and will reward you. When it comes to giving, he says, when you give to the needy, do it, not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the truth here that Jesus is communicating that, that whatever we do in secret, the Father sees. There is no hiding place, there is no inner room in our house, inner enough for the Father not to see. When it comes to prayer, Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He says it of our fasting, he says, but when you fast, put on your Put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that, uh, that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The Father sees what we do in secret and rewards our devotion to Him. This is the bottom line of this whole section of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. This is the truth that we need to take away this morning is that whatever we do in secret, the Father sees it. He knows about it. There is no secrets from God. And if, if what we do in secret, if what we pursue in secret is giving to the needy, is prayer, is fasting, is devotion to God, then God rewards that. Jesus here doesn't define the reward. The reward's ambiguous. It's, it's both in this life and it's in eternity to come. It's, it's general and specific. It's everything and it's, it's nothing to find. But Jesus says that He, the Father, will reward 
those acts of devotion that you do when only the Father is watching. In fact, they're, they're the ones that the Father rewards the most. Secret acts of righteousness draw us towards intimacy with God. These are things that you share between the Father and yourself and no one else. That's part of building intimacy with anyone, that there's, there's a shared journey, a shared history, there's a shared journey and history that I have with my wife that no one else knows about. There's, there's stuff that's private between us and that draws us towards intimacy together. Not that you should kind of just get friends and have special secrets just for the sake of it so that there's intimacy there, but that, that shared understanding, that, that acknowledgement between you of stuff that only you know about that exists between you is something that draws two people together towards each other in intimacy. Well, the same is true of God. One way of growing your intimacy with the Father is, is that there would be stuff between you that only you and He knows about. Stuff of secret generosity, stuff of secret prayer, stuff of secret fasting, stuff of secret just devotion to God. The Father sees what we do in secret and rewards our secret devotion to Him. It draws us towards intimacy with God, but it also provides us with a faith challenge. Do we believe that God sees and notices our devotion to Him when no one else does? When you go into your bedroom or your closet or wherever it is that you would go to pray secretly, do you believe that God sees that? when no one else does? Do we believe that if, yes, God notices that, do we believe that He's faithful to His Word and will reward those who are devoted to Him? Do we believe that He sees, but do we also trust that He's faithful to reward us? And here's the kicker, is that enough for us? Is God's secret acknowledgement is God's secret uh, seeing of what you do, the unseen things that you do in devotion to Him. Is God's knowing and seeing that and rewarding that enough for you? Or do you need somebody human to know about it? Is it enough for you to know that the Father sees what we do in secret and rewards our devotion to Him? Or do you need someone to know about it? We all tend to be hypocrites. It's in our human nature to hide behind something since the fall when Adam and Eve kind of weren't satisfied uh, with what God had already provided them and so they reached out for more and found out that they'd bitten into much less than what God had provided them already. But they ran and hid and then they stitched together fig leaves, a mask around a different part of their body perhaps, but, but they tried to hide behind something to present something else to the world and since that moment we all have a tendency to be hypocrites. We all have a tendency, whether it's a big gap or a small gap between who we are in secret and who we are in public where other people see. And so this morning as we, as we come towards finishing in worship, uh, um, 
I'm going to invite you to secretly, um, I do like having people come forward and, and to be able to pray for them, but it seems a bit back to front this morning to let's publicly acknowledge. Um, so as the band begins to play, thank you guys. We're just going to have, before we have any words on the screen, we're just going to have a time for you to sit, though we're in a public place, your thoughts are secret, to, for you to secretly sit with God and just confess to Him the gap, the mask, the little things you do in public to show a slightly better version of yourself or the things you don't do in secret where no one else sees that that could be just between you and Him. Just give you this time to confess before Him as I have confessed already publicly that I am a hypocrite. Jesus teaches us that our acts of righteousness, our devotion should be on display for the Father's eyes only. And we're really cheating God, we're really, in a sense, having an affair with God when we take what should be private and intimate with Him and do that in public. Just as in a marriage relationship when we take what should be private and intimate between them and, and do that in public or with others, that's, that's called an affair, that's called cheating. We're cheating God. And our prayer is just about others noticing. And so I'm going to pray and then um, we're just going to have a moment of, of just the music playing quietly and having time to confess before God our hypocrisy and inviting Him to come and reconcile the secret and public parts of ourselves. And so, Father, I confess that frequently and often I seek to perform acts of righteousness where my motive is just that other people will see and think, isn't he a good Christian? Isn't he a good pastor? Isn't he whatever, Lord? And I confess, Father, that the weight of secret prayer, the weight of secret giving, the weight of secret fasting that, that undergirds anything that anyone else might see is far too anemic. And so, Father, I pray for myself this morning that my devotion be for you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been blessed and encouraged by this message, we'd love for you to become a part of the Ask Baptist family. Log on to ycbc.church to find out more.